Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. talk to you in this podcast about a topic that I can only describe as the war on boys. Now, as soon as I use language like the war on men or the war on boys, people immediately assume that I am talking about an attack, that the war is between men and women, or that women somehow are attacking men. It always has to be uh, styled in some sort of tension between men and women. That is not what I'm speaking about. I have said very, very publicly that I believe that women have accomplished amazing things. They've taken nothing away from men, uh, that men didn't surrender in the first place, uh, and that men, uh, men's movement, men coming back to being good men, solid men, righteous men, however you want to describe it, uh, is not about somehow reclaiming their privileges and their rights from women. Women have achieved marvelous things in our society, hacking away at that glass ceiling and uh, achieving magnificent performance in everything from academics to athletics to to uh, corporate salaries, everything. And I, I, I don't believe that, there, that the tension between men and women is the problem that men deal with primarily. But I do believe there's a war happening on boys. And I want to describe it to you just briefly. I have had a very unusual few weeks here recently. Um, the son of a friend of ours, uh, after a lovely dinner with his parents, uh, went home and within about 60 minutes, killed himself. Uh, it was almost exactly like the experience of my friend Rick Warren and his wife last year, who also had a lovely experience with their son, who battled depression but was on meds and seemed to be stable. They kissed their son goodnight, spoke to him once on the phone after he went home, and then the son, again, within 60 minutes, killed himself. While all those memories have been dancing around in my mind, last week, uh, a church in Boston that I am a remote elder for uh, had to contend with one of its newer members, a young male, going to the seventh story of a building and jumping off. Um, he was, of course, just barely alive when that was over, but the hospital kept him uh, artificially alive, so to speak. So his mother, think about this now, could drive down to Boston, over, I guess, to Boston from New York, uh, so she could say goodbye and spend the, the last few minutes of his life with him. Uh, Obviously, any suicide is tragic. Obviously, uh, any of these stories with any of the names and personalities changed would be tragic. But I, I'm going to have to tell you that I am, I am seeing uh, a, a sort of an epidemic of suicide and depression among young men. Um, I, I believe as a Christian that there is an invisible world. I believe that evil comes from that invisible world, but I'm not the kind of person who thinks that everything uh, that happens negative in someone's life is always a demon or always some spiritual force of evil. I think it's a combination of things. I'm sure young men look at the economic possibilities of our times and uh, are depressed from that. I'm sure that our diets are in some way uh, imbalancing our body chemistries, and there's no question that much of the depression young men are dealing with is related to that. Uh, young men are you know, statistically less athletic, uh, eat less healthily, uh, spend more time hanging out at the pole or in front of the TV, and all of that makes a difference. Um, even I even read an article recently about the kind of processed foods young men tend to eat, the absolute garbage, and that it's changing their body chemistry. We could go in all those directions, and I don't know which of any of those, or if, or if any of them are, in fact, uh, a factor, or which ones would be the greatest of the greatest factor. What I do know is that something horrible is happening among young men 
and the suicide rate for 20-something men is dramatically rising. Um, and I have to tell you, and I mean this semi-humorously, even though it's a tough topic, that in some cases it seems to me that evil took an opportunity just at the last second. Many of these suicides seem to have been decisions made in, in, in the course of 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, a young man wins an award, he's celebrated, he goes to the banquet, everybody applauds, his parents are proud of him. Well, now he's tired, he wants to go on to bed. He goes up to bed, he showers, he gets in his pajamas, gets in bed, his roommate falls asleep with him, I mean, obviously in the same room. Um, within 30 minutes, that young celebrated man has gotten up, gone to a window and thrown himself off. Why? How does that happen? I don't know, but I think there's a war on young men. It's not just young men, though. Uh, in a uh, article... In Esquire magazine, a magazine that writes a great deal about men's issues, uh, there's a phenomenal article called the, um, the Drugging of the American Boy. It's one of the best articles I've ever read. And this medical official draws the conclusion that what's common in our society is to drug young boys simply for being boys that it's almost in some cases a convenience thing. A boy is hyper, he makes a lot of noise, he disrupts class, he disrupts the home, so uh, we drug him. There's not actually anything wrong with him. Uh, we simply need him to calm down and rather than teach him discipline or let him run it all off on the football field or something, uh, we stick a needle in him. And now even the medical community is saying that to the tune of about 30 to 40%, these boys are misdiagnosed and they are harmed long-term uh, by these injections that go on for long periods of time. Quick little comment on this. I, I have a, a nephew who is a fine young man. Um, he's young, very young, uh, but, but he's a fine young man. When he comes home from school, uh, he barely notices if I'm there, even though I'm, I'm sure I'm his favorite uncle. And what he starts doing is running circles in the living room. Now, he will come in, drop his books, and run circles in the living room uh, for maybe 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Finally, after just running circles constantly without hardly saying a word or occasionally you know, yelling like a banshee, but really doing it mostly in silence, he will crash on the couch next to me and say, Hi, Uncle Stephen, how you doing? But he could not bring himself to focus until he had dissipated all the static electric kind of energy uh, that he had acquired during his day in school. That is a completely normal boy. But yes, I can understand why it would be disruptive and disturbing and why perhaps a, a mother uh, not raised with boys would think that he needed to be drugged or that he was somehow uh, in some hyper condition that needed medical treatment. Again, this is part of a war on boys. Am I blaming medi the, the medical doctors? Am I blaming uh, the pharmaceutical companies? No, I'm not placing blame uh, with anyone except, I'll have to say, men themselves. Let me explain what I mean. I think that we need a resurgent men's movement. Uh, men building a culture around them, uh, not of macho, not of bubba, not of, uh, you, you know, some kind of hyper-bigoted uh, Kind of, kind of men's movement, but a, a men's movement that simply builds uh, through a network of a band of brothers, a culture in which men can come in, be ennobled, uh, be confronted on their weaknesses, be taught how to be real men, and into which young men can be initiated and also protected. Uh, the, the fact is that we, we're going to have to have, what are the solutions for these young men, um, both in the suicide situation and in the 
drugging situation is that we have older men who understand what boyhood is, who understand what uh, the 20s are, are for a man, uh, who understand the biological changes, and, and are able to defend men and, uh, and young boys and stand with them and articulate them, articulate them to their mothers, articulate them to school uh, officials, articulate them even to the medical community. It's not that any of these people are inherently evil or, or have, have it out for boys, but uh, only, only men who have walked through it can sit with a 23-year-old boy and say, look, what you're feeling is normal. Uh, this, this is what it feels like. Sometimes your own body's changes can produce these feelings. This is what it's like to break up with a girl. This is what it's like to get fired from a job or lose a job. Uh, this is what a man has to do. Otherwise, we think ourselves strange, odd, cursed, uh, incompetent, a failure, and then further problems come along. A quick little story I've told before, just, just to show you how I see this. When my son was about 12, 13 years old, he decided that he would lay in the street in a, here in a Nashville street uh, and see how close he would, he, cars, he would let cars come to him at night uh, before he jumped up and ran to the side. Um, he was picked up by a policeman friend of mine who did a great job playing out a whole arrest scene that wasn't real uh, just to scare my son. Well, of course, when I got my son home, my wife flipped out, uh, understandably. Jonathan was letting cars get within 20 feet of him before racing to the side. Um, and also, of course, I disciplined him for disobedience. But I also have to say that I walked into my office, closed the door, and cracked up once the stress was over, once the discipline was over, because I knew what that was. I, as a male, I knew what it was to uh, to want to test yourself. I know you come to that age where you feel that high driving force in your soul, and you want to test yourself, test your metal, see if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got manhood rising in your soul. Well, of course he did it in a stupid and dangerous way, but at least as his father, I understood that this is a normal part of boyhood. This is why boys strip down into their underwear and tear the house down and you know, this is why you can't have boys in a room for five seconds before suddenly they turn into the Goths and the Visigoths or the, you know, the, the Western powers and the Nazis, or they replay some war. They're jumping down from the bookshelves and tearing the house up. They're, they're not meaning to make people's lives miserable. They're simply living out this innate coding in their souls. And we need for men to defend this. We need for men to articulate it. We need for older men to get involved in the lives of younger men, particularly uh, with the rise of single parent homes. So many uh, single mothers ask me, please get men involved with our sons. So there is a war on boys happening in the sense that boyhood is misunderstood, uh, in the sense that there may be some chemical, biological, even spiritual force that's uh, moving hundreds more uh, young men towards suicide than, than ever before in the uh, history of these records that, uh, that are keep, we're keeping. And it seems to me that yes, we pray, and yes, we hug our children tighter, but we also create a men's movement. We also create a men's culture that serves women well, applauds their achievements, but stands with and for the young men. Um, young men are being killed, especially young African-American men at a greater rate than ever. Um, medicine doesn't seem to quite understand boys and young men. Um, some of the psychology of men is not understood even by the men themselves. I was with a young uh, college student who was just grieving the fact that he remembers being smart in elementary school and being able to handle the work. And then when he hit adolescence, he really uh, sort of dropped off academically until his last couple of years in college. Well, those of you who might be educational psychologists listening, you know that that's the, almost the exact pattern. Boys tend to drop well behind 
their former performance and girls around the time they enter adolescence, they really don't recover themselves until the latter college years. Totally normal. And what this young man needed to be told was that it was normal and that now he could begin to achieve his academic dreams. We need people to provide a roadmap. We need people who can stand with them. I have to tell you, I want to have attended the last suicide of a 20-something boy over really very little except his body chemistry and the lack of anybody standing near him to articulate a roadmap and and to tell him that he's normal and he's going to be fine and he'll get through this. I I, I don't want to have to uh, work on the funeral arrangements for a young man who jumped off a building with what seems to be about 20 minutes of dark thoughts that invaded his brain after an otherwise wonderful day. I want to find the key to this. I want to solve it. I want to summon men to build a band of brothers to work in this way in their churches and their businesses and their communities and to stand with boys, stand with young men. Um, and I want to see this scourge. And it is becoming a scourge. That's a, that's a senior MD's word, not just mine. The scourge of suicides among young men come to an end. Join me in this. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result... All rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through stephenmansfield.tv.